Thank you for joining us on Vagina Talks. I'm thrilled to have you here and I want to have you everywhere we are. So I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. That is where you can support, become a member, join the virtual temple, get behind scenes, all the good stuff, support this podcast so that we can keep bringing you the medicine, the free flow, the real, 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 real talk. Would love to have you as part of the community over there. Consider yourself invited. Come on over. I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they can teach you. You already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person. And that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks. And at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Those little set-offs are great too because that's where we learn, you know. um, Two of my insecurities showed up uh, last week, two days in a row. And I was like, you know, after I'm going through this process of checking them, right, and making sure that, you know, just checking them basically. And I was at the steam minding my business and I ended up in this heated political debate. (laughs) And so afterwards I was like, what the fuck happened? How did that happen? You know, and I've been doing all this work and da da da. And I sort of laughed about it, you know, let it go and laughed about it. Girl, I went to a party the next day and the same exact thing happened. (laughs) But this time I'm watching it happen. And I was like, this is hilarious. This is hilarious, but so, you know, it just all feeds into all to, all that stuff, but your conversation about deconstructing gender and things like that is really interesting to me because I'm deconstructing self and part of that is gender, part of that is racial identity, part of that is, you know, sexuality, it's all, it's all of it, right? 
Um, and I was just thinking the other day, it's not like I ever wake up in the morning and say, you know, I'm Candace and list all of these attributes, all of these relational roles, you know what I mean? Um, but I do think it's important to consider them because they all have underlying belief structures that sustain them, perpetuate them. And, in, and what I've come to discover is these insecurities that sort of follow them around, you know, and operate in anyway. I digress. All right. It's your show. No, Let's you go. arrived. That's it. Actually, I think what I'm going to say right here is I'm just going to. Yeah, Caitlin, keep that. And uh, and I'm going to this is this brilliant being who's joining us today is uh, called many things and working on being called less things. I don't know. We'll find out more as we go. Less and more things. Um, Candace Yard, uh, commonly known as Candace Yard, former U.S. sales executive, a boss back in the U.S., who came to Thailand for the first time on self-discovery mission to attend Vipassana at Wat San Mak in, where is that, Kaya? Kaya. Wat Suan? Wat Son Mok. They say Son Mok. Wat Son Mok in Chaya, Thailand, to sweep the forest floor in the presence of a monk. Age-old practice, sweeping, sweep, sweep, sweep. Mission successful. Congratulations, Candace. Now travels, blogs, and writes fables, poems, short stories, and memoirs. CandaceYard.com. Check it out. We'll talk about how to follow her later. Loves people, animals, nature, Thailand, food, especially <laughs> Vietnamese and Cuban, and calls Koh Sumai. Samui. Koh Samui. Koh Samui Base Camp <laughs> in Southeast Asia. Roles that she has played storyteller, author, blogger, traveler, foodie, meditator, mother, daughter, sister, aunt, friend, dreamer, eternal optimist, dog person, and lover of life. Candace, welcome. Thank you. It's awesome to be here. It's great to see you, hear you. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. You know, when we connected years and years and years ago, it, you know, that it always had that sense. Um, and I think, you know, when we cross each other in the streets of Philly, too, always have that sense of like, yep, it's real. It's, yeah. it's real. Yeah. It's real here. So um, so it's so beautiful to um, I reached out to Candace, who lives in, in Thailand. I had heard tale. Um, we're no longer seeing her on the city streets in South Philadelphia. Uh, her tale of perhaps going to Bali, Southeast Asia. And so when I was thinking about coming to Bali, I sent sent an email and uh, and and that's where Candace and I just most recently like actively reconnected and um, and and here and here we are. I said, Shit, come yeah. come on the show, you you brilliant yeah. planet walking being. Well, it's interesting. Sorry, don't mean to interrupt you, but you said where we recently reconnected, but I feel like I've never lost connection with you because firstly, that, I have chills just thinking about about to say what I'm going to say. The session that you and I did so many years ago, um, it really planted some seeds. It was a really pivotal moment for me and sort of the the benefits of it or the fruits of it sort of just keep on giving. You know, it gave me something in that moment. It was lovely and it was beautiful, but there are so many things that have happened along 
the way and along the journey where it takes me right back to that moment and being in your nurturing hands and you know that so it's it's so amazing so I have never lost that connection with you and then additionally I get your beautiful newsletters and every time I read them I'm like yes yes I, I mean I literally shake my head yes the whole time I'm reading it my head is going up yeah huh yeah mm-hmm. so yeah so I feel like I we've not never lost connection because you know so, yeah. So for me, I love that. And and what's so it's really interesting. And maybe this will bridge us into this larger conversation. But, you know, I think a much more accurate way for me to say would be like a active connection and engage like a direct engagement connection, because I, too, haven't um, have never felt a sense of loss of connection, which. Right. Um, which is really interesting because I often feel that when I send when I'm sending my newsletters out like I really they I really I'm like I really am I really mean it you know like I'm really talking yeah, to whoever's right. reading like that's, yeah, that's yeah. and it feels that way it feels um, that way it feels very personal it, it's um, yeah very poignant always it's they're perfect thank you oh, Candace. <laughs> thank you thank you um thank you I, and i have been this connection piece that you're talking about this session you know i've done four sessions since i mean if i don't include the one weekend of medicine circle that i did mm-hmm. i've done four maybe four three or four sessions in 2019 that's in oh, six wow. months i haven't what? done wow interesting. and i did one here in bali just a few uh, days ago i did them with a woman that i connected with she runs the spa that we've been going to getting our our treatments at and the very first time we met we had one of those eye contact moments and i was like queen and she was like yeah. i see you and uh yeah we became friends and we kept talking and um, she does healing work, and so we decided we would trade. And so we did this session together, and I, I you know, t- uh, <laughs> I, uh, I can't do. I don't want to. I can't. I don't do them alone anymore. Is one mm. of the things that shifted for me. I just part of this notion of this connection that we're talking about is the level, and this is like it kind of makes me want. It's like. It's like I feel it's mm-hmm. so deep in my body. It's, it's disruptive, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. very disruptive to the paradigms that I've had about how to live a life or run a business or what I was going to do. It's very, very disruptive. And right. uh, it's this like I, I, I am so deeply connected to people when I connect with them and that doesn't get undone. I'm just I'm right. just weaving. I'm just weaving. And after all of these years of weaving in such a deep way and making this deep soul weaving with someone that then whether or not, and I do, I mean, I do practices. I have to do practices that like clear out of my field, the activity or the information through those connections. Because if I don't pay attention, I'm getting your news report every day. All of it, you know, and it's like, and you add that to the list of 20 years of practicing of all of these people, you know, and this sense of like, it does, it makes me nauseous. And so I'm at this point now where um, when I work, I really am, uh, I've been really beginning to understand that when I work one-on-one with people, it really, it's not to be, it's inappropriate for to be one-on-one, me alone in a room with someone because... I really work on a, like a surgeon level 
Like you're yeah. talking about feeling these ripples. And I think I was, I was, that work was happening through me then and it's happening right. through me now in an even more honed way. And right. it's become inappropriate to have somebody on the table. When I enter that state, I, 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 I can't track this like basic human experience and this like millennial run medicine endeavor that I'm joining someone on. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. That, sorry, go ahead. I can, I'll let you. And and so one of the things that I found is really helpful and changing and changing the way that I think. And as part of this paradigm healing that we're all doing, is that it's it is appropriate and correct for me to have other practitioners in the space mm -hmm. that are that are holding that are tracking multiple things. And I think the 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 metaphor, not metaphor, of surgeon has stuck with me because it's like someone else needs to be tracking all of these things and nursing and tending um, while I'm like, and the appropriateness of my focus and my steadiness and my tracking and my direction of those things. Like, and again, the spider medicine comes in of like eight arms, right? This like all of these arms. And I, and I did that work energetically for so long. Um, but it is, it's, it's really paradigm changing. Um, and I didn't do the session by myself. I, um, uh, I did the session. I um, I'm here with a lover, and I started teaching them Reiki, and so and they're <laughs> friends with the person. And so I, when the person came in, we were just setting up the room. I was showing them how I set up the room, um, and they came in, and I had this moment. I said, "How do you feel about both of us staying?" And she checked in with herself, and she said, "I feel good about it." And so I did. I had someone. I was like, "They're like, what do you want me to do?" I was like, "You're basically gonna hold their feet and do what I tell you to do," and. Uh, <laughs> And it was great. And I was like, that's how this high priestess likes to work. It's how this spider yeah, yeah, needs yeah. to work, you know. But it's it's very disruptive and, and coming apart, pulling apart. And this is where I feel like I can really hand it over to you. And I want to, like, here you go of these notions of who I've been or what the role of being this. Just it's just I mean, they're just shredded. Yeah. <laughs> they're just I get it. shredded <laughs> and I get it. Uh, and, and the carnage. It's just carnage. Yeah, we, it's like with our joke that's not a joke is like I did. I quit my day job, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like I've made the least money this year that I've made in uh, yeah. a debt. It's just like I'm just like ever? I yeah. ever maybe. Yeah, maybe ever. Yeah, four, right. four sessions canceled all yeah. my programs, launched a program that didn't fly and was yeah. and I'm like not surprised. I'm like, yeah, it's just something yeah. else is happening. And so I just like. Go, go, get in here. I'm ready. That's, that's ready. right. That's right. I, I hear all of that. I get all of that. It all resonates with me. Um, you know, the the breaking down is, it, it is challenging, right? You, you can take it. Some of it's easy, right? Some of it's easy to discard. You're like, ah, well, that doesn't serve me. That doesn't serve me. Um, what I'm experiencing is, um, yes, there is a, a dichotomy or even a contradiction between my um, belief structures, right? So the, the ones that remain are in many ways contradicting each other, right? So the arguments, the, they become louder, you know? Um, but that's good, that's good, because I'm checking them, I'm seeing them, I'm saying, okay, well, I, I can't disband a belief if I have not seen the belief, so this is, this is good. Um, uh, so I'm experiencing a similar thing that, that you are, but it has to do with my my writing. Um, so I've been 
writing for the past uh, you know four years or whatever and it's been great and it's been fine and it's been good but uh, several things have happened recently one of the things is that the the book the book that i was working on that i was going to birth and give to the world um that has been anywhere between 75 to 90 percent finished for you know the better part of two years now um I just looked at it, <laughs> it's like what we were talking about earlier about disbanding these tools or getting rid of these tools. And I'm like, this is 98% bullshit. <laughs> and I think I'm going to title it that now. <laughs> so, um, and so even the process of writing for me, I'm like, this is all bullshit. Like, this is all bullshit. And it's not all bullshit, but. Right. It, it, it is providing me with um, moments to pause and it is um, it has been very interesting and where I've come with it where I've gotten to with it is that as long as I can acknowledge that it's bullshit <laughs> as I'm doing it at least I'm consciously aware you know and so so I will go so far as to say that in my posts you know and so the my recent post that I'm working on which will go into the book at some point is um, it's titled God is an amoeba <laughs> and I go through all of, you know, these, these um, sort of the tenets or the philosophies that got me to that point. Um, and it has a lot to do with breaking down all of these belief structures and, um, and especially as it relates to thinking. So, um, you know, this and, and these insecurities, right? And so what I heard when you said, um, you know, about, I'm not sure if you used the word irresponsible, but you felt like it wasn't um, professional to be just I you might have with said this, irresponsible. this other person in, yeah. in the room. And I get that. There's almost like this, um, where, I, where at one point I was very confident and very secure and very da da da, da. Now I sort of, I don't trust myself at all. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like it's, and it's it's not I shouldn't probably trust is not the right word. I think that I'm just so open to what comes up and that I don't know what's going to show up. You know what I mean? I'm still I, I let go of this notion that I know anything about myself. You know, I know my perception of self and what I call lowercase truth or personal truth. Right. This set of conditioned responses, these thoughts, these emotions, these behaviors. I know that that's predictable. That's easy. You know what I mean? But that has nothing to do with the truth with a capital T, you know, or the, the universal truth. Um, and for me, that's about experience. That's about experiencing, having the experience. And I've noticed that personal truth, lowercase t, and uppercase t can't coexist. And so if I say I am, at this point in my life, um, wanting to be an experiential being, right? I want to experience. I want to be present. I want to just be. I want to just exist. Um, that means that I can't <laughs> do these other things, right? Because there's a conflict. There's a there's a conflict in the writing, in the speaking, in the communicating, um, and so that for me that's the the struggle. Um, so I, I understand when you say these things that are coming 
disruptive, but I think that they're essential, they're beautiful, and I, I compare it to, um, I say these are our walls of belief, right, and it starts, they start to shake up, things start to shake, and if the walls of belief remain, right, this, this structure remains perfectly solid, perfectly fine, we never do anything new, everything is status quo, we never have any new experiences, all is fine, right, the thoughts, the emotions, the behaviors, this personal truth exists perfectly fine within these walls. It's great. It's all good. <laughs> but the minute something different happens <laughs> or something unusual happens, then the walls shake a bit, right? And then there are these little cracks. And so some of these thoughts, one or two of these thoughts escape through the cracks and then we can see them. We're like, what is that? <laughs> you know, this feeling of you know a lack of control right there are thoughts flying these thoughts are then sparking off emotions in a way that we're not accustomed to right. and everything feels completely out of control because it is out of control the walls are breaking down the bats are flying out of the belfry you know um but i feel like that's a good thing that's a really good thing and that's the only way that we can start to break down and disband those walls of belief and start accessing real truth as opposed to this you know personal truth um kind of thing so i get where you are um <laughs> i get it loud and clear <laughs> so yeah it's so good yeah. it's so good you know i have one of my teachings in my in my deck um is uh that's really funny it just went out the window actually it what happened is like four cards came into my head and then they all went away. What, so all the bats flew out of the belfry. <laughs> okay, whatever. You know, it's 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 this dance of what I love about what you're saying about these things of like contrary is it's such a beautiful point in conversation because one of the things that I've been like leaning into and feeling into and principles working with is that if something appears contrary, it is indicative that it is my limitation of perception. Anything that That's appears right. contrary is not truly contrary, right? So it's like yeah. that when things reveal themselves as contrary, then it has revealed to me that I I am limiting my perspective. I'm not in my true sight, right? That That's I'm right. In, in That's the, I'm not in the true sight. Like I'm not truly seeing. Uh, Absolutely right. A hundred. I, I couldn't agree more. It's one of those boundaries of belief. You were hitting upon the boundary of belief, and I love it because the 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 contrary thing is the exact thing. That's sort of the tool that I've been using recently. Is whatever presents itself, I look to the contrary thing, and I'm like, oh, that's what it is. For me, even this notion. So the the book that I had written. <laughs> the 98% bullshit book. Um, it was it was called, it still is, it's not dead, it's there and we'll see what happens with it. But it, I called it 10 Tiny Gifts and they were the 10 tiny gifts for um, sort of self-awareness or empowerment, liberation, whatever you want to call it. And so it was, um, so basically, you know, it took you through steps of breathe and observe, elevate, you know, compassion, love, you know, all these, these things, these self-care words, these buzzwords that everybody talks about. And those tools served me fine for a while. Um, but I came up against those walls. And one of the things that I've recently um, either come to understand or have started to believe is that even those quote unquote positive things um, have their roots in 
fear. So even my happy thoughts are fear-based. So I was, you know, observing my insecurities and my fears. That's easy, right? Okay. Oh, boom, there it is. Okay. That's, that's easy. But then what I had been practicing was this love, this compassion, this kindness. What I've come to understand is that even those were a react, a reactionary response to a fear, right? So if, I was practicing compassion, it was because, whether it was to myself or someone else, it was because I f- first had to judge a, an action or a thing or a person as not, you know, not good or whatever, deserving of this very thing, this compassion. Um, and so understanding that all of that, <laughs> that's where I get to 98% bullshit, yeah. because basically it goes right back to the first two steps, which is about acceptance and, and love and removing the fear and, and that sort of thing. But I tangented and I can't remember what it was you said. <laughs> no, you're just, you didn't tangent. You just took us right down the river. Because, okay, this is what I want to add in. If something comes up that you want to say, let me know. But what comes up for me is that, you know, um, this happened, I was with a student and we were talking a few years ago and she was talking about, um, like, I don't want to be greedy. I want to be generous. And I was like, okay, but you do understand that that dialogue is taking place in a perception realm in which generosity exists because greed exists. Because you have a fear of being greedy. Absolutely. They are a continuum. And, And to which my response was, so if you want to have an experience of generosity in your embodied, manifested, human, emotionality form, that's great. That's not a problem. But don't demonize greed because greed is part of the landscape that gives generosity any kind of meaning. So that's right. It is the structure. Absolutely. So yep. to to lean into or to fall back in or to let go and recognize that there is a plane of perception in which neither of those things exist. There is no that's greed. Right. There is no generosity. That's, that's right. a thing. That's a yep. plane of existence. Those are levels of, of perception. And I yep. think that's the part where it's like where I recognize that those are just ways of looking there's there's nothing contrary in any of those things like they don't exist right, right. It's like i've been right. I've, the, the heart sutra has been really coming up for me these past two days so it's like you know so it's like yeah. sitting there it's like realizing like all of the five skandhas are empty and like emptiness itself is empty and like it's like yeah there's a plane yeah. in which like yeah. nah is the rule yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, well that's it that's exactly it that, and that's what i say i call it the vacuum i, I i've come to realize that the vacuum is what i want like i want the vacuum the vacuum is quote unquote love like the absence of all these things i thought were love or what blah 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 is filling this thing up but for me <laughs> love is now the vacuum it is the absence of fear it is the absence of insecurity it's the absence of all of those things that you know that go back and forth and whether it's on one plane, whether they contradict, whatever, all of that is just noise. And the vacuum is where I want to be. <laughs> you know? I do. And it's, you know, that when I, I talk about the, the North being for me, like a Northern hemisphere person, the North. So now that I'm in the Southern hemisphere, maybe that's the South. I don't know. But the the quiet, the like peak winter, dark, long night, silence, mm-hmm bold mm-hmm. truth bear right yeah. that at the peak of it 
there's like there's death and the end of self and then there's an entrance yeah. into nothingness and then there's yeah. after nothingness which is also a fullness right in the heart suture too it's like the emptiness is also the fullness is the emptiness that's right. is the fullness. that's right like that's what's happening there and then right. and then there's conception and coming into new space and right. and i i fell in love with the vacuum as you put it i fell in mm -hmm. love with that empty space when i had to make peace with winter one winter came mm -hmm. and I was like, I can't do mm -hmm. another winter. And I was like, well, I guess this is the year you learn how to do winter. Um, <laughs> and I went to, went to my practice every day and I would face the north and I lived in a house where the wall was white and uh, mm -hmm. it was a white basement wall it was my practice space. And I'd sit really close to this basement white wall and I'd say, mm -hmm. okay, north. <laughs> Which we got to work this out, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And what I learned was the, like, you know, uh, one of my friends and teachers, Tizia O'Connor, she's a brilliant Ayurvedic practitioner and, and teacher and just be, just being, just a beautiful being and deep being in Taos, New Mexico. And Tizia says, uh, when she had this epiphany teaching, like meditating on listening to the sound or the silence that holds sound right mm -hmm. the space mm -hmm. that holds manifestation yes. yeah and so it's like that that place and what's coming yeah. up for me as you're talking about this is this place of like i've spent oh i know where i was going death that's where mm -hmm. i was going like mm -hmm. death identity that people the one of my cards is all fear is the fear of death and all death is the death of the ego mm -hmm. but there's no death that's not identity death because all the other mm -hmm. aspects of ourselves are fundamentally infinite yes. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Simple. Easy. Right. Totally. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're here and, and all of this is coming apart. Right. And there's this infinite peace because the parts that can't die aren't concerned. Right? That's right. It's just right. like this sweet relief. And, and one of the things that I realized is that a lot of people, um, you know, you know, I'll say this. It's like when I went through my divorce last year and my divorce was a symptom of an awakening, not, mm -hmm. I mean, yep. like, thank you, Kim, teamwork, right? But like this, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. this like emergence of self and yeah. this commitment to spirit and this commitment yeah. to this limitlessness, right? Yeah. I, what I said over and over again was I'm not confused why people don't do this. Mm -hmm. This is so... This is, I'm not confused why people don't do this. This is like right. hard and brutal and like take everything you love and everything that's, you know, it was, it was a different kind of transformation when I was in so much physical pain and emotional pain and it was wretched. Then the feeling of let me go through ego death and trash it all was appealing in a way that yeah. when I had built a life that I treasured. Yeah, yeah. And then made that the offering right yeah and, yep, yep, yep. and what's happening for me now what coming through this year of deep shedding deep deep shedding is this mm -hmm. is this turn that we're talking about which is like for me what i'm hearing when you talk is like there is this stillness and this this dropping right but there's mm -hmm. also this divine there's like the being that is nothingness yes and then there's the expression Mm -hmm. unadulterated divine expression that's mm -hmm. so pleasurable and so ego obliterating it's so identity mm -hmm. 
smooshing. You know, it's like love is the <laughs> ultimate, uh, you know, like identity obliterator. Like that's why people mm-hmm. that's why people don't fall in love. They like get addicted to relationship patterns because those are way safer in terms of maintaining who you are than to love. Love just takes all notions of what was possible and just fucking blows them out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, it's so funny what you're saying because I just writing this stuff is so true. I mean, part of what you were saying reminded me of the fact that I just told a friend the other day, um, I think I'm going to end up like L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> Not that I know anything about L. Ron Hubbard, except that he disappeared off the face, like wrote this book and then disappeared off the face of the planet. <laughs> I kind of feel like <laughs> that's my path. Like I'm going to end up in a cave somewhere and being perfectly fine um, with that. You know, that, that well, doesn't seem Well and happy, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But it's interesting because, um, you know, one of the things that I was uh, writing about was uh, having to do with these um, belief structures and this, um, you know, you're talking about the dissolution of ego and, and all of these other things and the love that's under there. And, you know, the I sort of came back to these beliefs, right, and this system of beliefs and the idea that if millions and billions of people believe something, then we tend to give it credence. But the belief itself, for me, doesn't prove anything more than there, than that there's a shared fear <laughs> that these people have. And the belief that they adopt is um, a good enough um, you know, tool to help assuage the, the pain of the insecurity for a period of time. I completely and 100% agree agree with you about this fear of death. Um, I call it the fear of non-existence, right? Not so much. It's what death is the right word. I mean, that's the word that most people use in communication. But I look at it from the perspective, like a philosophical perspective of the fear of non-existence. And, you know, that Rene Descartes quote, I think, therefore I am. And so many of us in modern day society subscribe to that belief. We think that because we think... (laughs) we exist and it i mean it's we can see that it's been widely adopted because he said that 400 years ago you know what i mean and it's still in play today and further i think that it it that belief structure gives birth and we know how these things work right you have one belief and then it proliferates it starts to create other things around it because it has to you know if you want to keep these thoughts safe in the belfry then you sure as hell better start building some other walls you know um and so if we believe that if i think i can prove my existence by thinking i prove it to myself right i think so i'm proving my existence to myself well to prove my existence to you, then that means I need to express those thoughts, right? I need you to hear my thoughts in order so, so that you can also validate my existence. And then there's the, you know, the social media, and you know, there's these, this, uh, there was a, some research done. They were asking young people, what do they want to be? And they were all saying famous, you know, <laughs> instead of, you know, accomplishing anything, they just wanted to be famous. But I get that from the perspective of this, if we have adopted this belief that I think, therefore I am, and I prove, and that proves my existence to myself, I prove my existence to you by communicating those thoughts, then the more people I prove my existence to, then the more alive or the more existent I am, you know? And so that for me is the underlying 
thing. You know, that that's this thing. It all goes back to that. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, you got, we go. Go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll remember. It all goes okay. back to that. Do you remember what you were going to say? I, well, it goes back to that fear of death or fear of non-existence, right. and so. And ironically, I think what I know, I think that we shared this and what we were talking about is that it's we almost feel like the opposite of that. Like, I feel like as long as I'm thinking, I'm not being, I'm not experiencing, you know, I've been working on not thinking so that I can be and I can experience. And what we understand also about being fully present, right? We understand that we are multi-sensory beings. We understand that there's all this other stuff that's happening above and beyond that plane of thought and that plane of the brain, you know, which is fear-based. Um, and so for me, speaking, communicating, thinking actually prevents me from experiencing mm. someone thing in the fullest way possible because, you know, it can't exist that love, that love in the vacuum, right? That love, that thing that exists in the vacuum, um, it, it gets tampered or disconnected in the presence of thought and fear and insecurity and speech and, you know, blah, 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 you know? So you're, I, I agree with you a million percent that that love just blows all that shit out of the water, right? So this notion of proving our love and acts of love and acts of kindness and all these other things, for me, it pulls me actually further away from that, that love, that all, you know, uppercase love, that universal truth with the capital T, you know, I want to just be at this point. So go ahead, what were you gonna say, sorry. So a couple, no, a couple things. I think one is the word loneliness comes up for me that I like wanna speak to. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe that's just what I'll do. I'll just speak to the loneliness because I have like a bunch yeah. of other places we, I could go. But what um, what comes up for me is that um, need to have greater evidence of one's existence is symptomatic of a of a wound of loneliness, and that my understanding of loneliness is the result of disconnect with self. Absolutely. That, I, I, right. Yeah. That like when not knowing and like and this is where we get super trippy because like self is this divine truth. Right. This like but also the self of our own manifested company, the plane yeah. of existence that we did yeah. form, that I do have yeah. a body. Right. That yeah. I do have a heartbeat, yeah. that my brain fires synapses. I have thoughts right. that right. my thoughts don't take me away from being unless I create a hierarchy. Yeah. In which they take me away from being, which right. we've been massively colonized to do. Right. That's right. We're conditioned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Majorly conditioned to to um, make those the experience of thinking a dominant experience. And that we're dominant. Right. This yes. is this is, yes. this is an yes. op oppressive. Our thinking becomes an oppressive experience. That's right. I have been in this past year of healing and past year of deep communion with myself. I am constitutionally a communicator, a singer, uh, and I go into a being state often when I'm in it in which I am sensing while like, That's right. speaking is not is a sense. That's right. It's a sense that I'm sensing while I'm speaking. That's right. 
That's right. You're experiencing it. Yes, right. you are experiencing it. That's right. And I yep. have these moments where I'm having, exp I have these like trance experience experiences of thought, and then I have this like clamor, and I'm having these more and more discerning experiences of what those are, and that knowing of myself, that ability to discern and sense and be with myself while I'm having an experience yes. is what then allows me to be with someone else while they're having experience of humanness or divinity or separation or connection or whatever it is. And that yep. the clamor that doesn't allow us to know ourselves has yep. made us so hungry to be known. You know, yeah. so hungry yeah. to be known, to be, yeah. to be yeah. seen, to be, to be understood, to be heard, to be, heard, oh. to be you know, yeah. in that. And so, you know, I, I have this joke that's not a joke. I made a sales page for something that I just I just made it. It was like this vision. I was like, I'm going to run a program. It's going to call, be called Curing Loneliness. It's just like this. Um, and it's just sat there for like two years, just like sitting there, just like this place of, you know, the trauma the like oppressive trauma that's like boof, boof, the din of trauma that's been happening that makes us so numb and disconnected to ourself and then makes us it's like the the buddhists refer to the hungry ghosts like people mm -hmm. looking the like if i'm yeah. famous if somebody cares yeah. about me when it's this like i could feel this in my throat this like left side of my throat it's like when we if someone is, and that's like, and we know this from all the stories of it's like, I can't love you enough to love yourself. Like the codependent flip of that is like wanting oh. to love someone enough to, to ha so they will love themselves. But the flip oh, of that, yeah. right? Hello, 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 hello. Been there. I mean, you know, I, I get it. You're a hundred million percent right. You know, I could say amen to you all day. I always do. Um, I. I <laughs> It's, it's all of it. You know, I, I often say, my kids know this about me, that I've experienced loneliness twice in my life, and both times there was a significant other sitting next to me. Those are the only times. Only twice in my life have I ever felt lonely. And, um, you know, I wrote a poem um, some time ago, and I, I talk about loneliness, and I describe it as the, the wishingness um, for someone to give me something that I have not yet even defined. You know, like I'm one of them. Fix me, fix me. But, you know, I am with you with regards to that, that notion of loving someone until they can love themselves. And it's so funny that, you know, of course we're talking about this. Um, <clears throat> you know, part of that identity for me that's been falling away was this idea that I could um, in any way foster healing in individuals or you know facilitate their healing or their growth or any of this right i thought that's what i was doing <laughs> i was feeding my greedy i was feeding my greedy insecurities who need that validation right they needed that shit so it's part of my french is it okay to swear on here oh every episode explicit you're good Okay, all right. <laughs> we can delete it out. But you've met um, me, I, right, Candace? <laughs> yeah, you're good. All my shows, it's good, perfect. So I, I, I needed that. Um, you know that the, my insecurities uh, needed to that to prove that. And I forget what. Wait, there was something about we were talking about loneliness and the the, the I just lost my train of thought. The compassion. What was I saying? You said the loneliness, the loneliness. Oh, the relation. It was about relationships and fostering this healing and this growth. And what I've come to understand is that 
again, going back to what we talked about earlier and how you were talking about the person who had mentioned the greed and generosity plane. And for me, understanding that the healing and growth plane, <clears throat> excuse me, is the same thing as that. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. You know, that is all made up shit because in order to say that I am healing or I'm going to heal or I'm going to help somebody heal implies that they are broken or somehow injured or less than perfect, you know, and not already evolved and exactly as they should be and as I should be. So again, disbanding, you know, these, these bits of self, but I, and I agree with you about the loneliness thing too, <clears throat> excuse me, is that it absolutely is a um, wanting someone else to give us something that we're not giving to ourselves, you know. The only way through is, is in. It's in. And, and the other thing that I think a lot of, like, caregivers, trained caregivers do is that we give what we need. We're like giving, we're like putting it out. Like, don't you, it's like, it's, I guess that's called projection. But I feel like it, there's this also this element of, like, and that's part of that, like, I'm helping you. And it's like, no, man, you're just trying to be in this, like, stream of what I'm, lo you know, I'm longing for. It's like that total connection. And, I, you know, I talk about, um, sometimes I talk about guru practices, because especially in the East, people get really upset that guru practices exist at all, that you could, like, pick someone and then do everything that they say. And yeah, I yeah. Have often yeah. tried to explain to people that like it's the only way that marriage has ever made sense to me is if you're like <laughs> it's a guru practice, but then it's like let's back up and like <laughs> that could mean a lot of things. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, but uh, that a true guru's practice is that a guru, a true guru, a guru meaning teacher, an enlightened one, someone who's looking at you with clear sight, sees you mm -hmm. as whole and complete mm -hmm. and ain't no shit wrong. And That's sees right. you in your forgetting and sees the perfection in your forgetting. And they That's sit right. with you and then they speak to the awakened one in you that may or may not be participating. That's and right. That, and that's it. That's the whole, that's, right. that's a guru practice. And the reason you listen to them is because you have decided that your inner guru says, I feel heard and seen in my wholeness. Yes. And yes. you're helping me remember my own truth that it's, that it is the mirror practice. When I teach practitioners, it really, you know, I try, it's like your whole job is to be a projection screen. Mm-hmm, absolutely. No matter yeah, because what, that's the way we grow, yeah. That's it, because that's what's actually happening. So your whole job is to never forget that you're a projection yeah. screen. And, and that's all you are, absolutely, I agree. I always say that that's the only way that we grow. We, no one has ever growed, grown in the face of judgment or because somebody told them to. You know what's wrong with you? You know what you need to do? <laughs> you know, that's behavioral modification, yes. We can change behaviors easily, and that has happened, you know, for, for eons. But growth, actual growth, only happens when we come to it on our own. And and when we have, you know, it's great if we have someone there who consciously is being that projection screen for us. But oftentimes we have people who unwittingly are that projection screen. We're like, oh, you know. So I, I absolutely agree with you on on that point. You know, um, there was something you'd said that you'd said about the the guru. I don't know. I don't know the thoughts. They're, they're just firing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, there's, there's so many of them. It's there's so, so, many, so many. I know they're right. They just keep going. Yeah. yeah. And I think for me, it's like, again, that place of um, if it's a dreamscape, 
if it's an illusion, if it's all a construction, right? If it's all a projection, right? Because that's the other thing that's like what you said. I'm in this place right now of, and I've been doing this a little bit for years, but um, I, um, I'm spending I'm spending a lot of time with a person right now who is also doing it. So it's doubling up on its like activation for me, which is taking po possessive language out of my mm -hmm. languaging. So like, yes, yes, not yes. mine, not mine, anything. And so I was draining yes, yes, in yes. my journaling this, like not mine, it's not mine. And it's not yours. Like it's not mm -hmm. like, what is this fucking ownership obsession? I'm not confused. It's That's right. possessiveness and it's, That's right. it's isolation, right? It's separation, mm -hmm. which are all massive forgettings, right? Because yeah. what I was kind of feeling into in this place is this like this deeper and deeper sense experience there's this interplay between the like individual cosmic song expression divine self listening knowing and this like deep knowing and understanding that like there it's all it's just the layer that you look at existence on right yeah. on one level yeah. it's this like solid separated form and on another level it's like air and molecules and they're crisscrossing and and then on another right. level there's particles going in and out of existence you know and that's on another right. level we're like separate and then we have a relationship and there's this energy that exchange that's happening this like right. transmission that's happening through space and then there's this like deep and this is where i'm existing in a lot of my existence right now which is like very intense <laughs> and like getting oddly casual um which is this this fabric of like mm -hmm. it's it's an understanding that we are yes this yes. planet like yes. we're one body yes like we're yes. like we're just one body you know yes. it's like we're one body breathing and like we're a water yes. planet i'm a water being and like god's an amoeba and like i'm an amoeba in god yeah. like it's like yeah. this yeah. fabric and and this um I and really, the rhythm of and the rhythm of it and the sensing mm -hmm. it and feeling these like ripples mm -hmm. and, you know again spider for me obviously very consistent mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and uh this notion of sitting on a web and the web being communication right yes and that we send yes. out communication and receive in communication and yet it's mostly space yes 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 and in in the and in that multi-sensory way not in this traditional way of communicating you know which was what was so beautiful about what you said about you know you're experiencing the expression and you know one of my posts i talk about um the failings of language right how language falls so short like it's impossible mm -hmm to describe and define the things that we're trying to sit here and define and describe. It really is. I mean, it defies description. We don't have the words. Maybe in other languages they have them. Perhaps in ancient languages they had you know, better words. Um, but I think that that's where art came from. I really think that, you know, it's not to say that ancient civilizations couldn't have written words or, you know, they probably did. They're probably like, this shit sucks. Like, I can't express that thing this way. This is a movement. You know, this is only way what I'm talking about is this you know, like, I can't write that yeah. for the people who are listening I'm gesticulating very grandiosely <laughs> with my arms. But, 
But you know what I mean? Like, so I totally get that. I, I get that. And, and, and yeah, I, I agree with that. It's, it's, uh, yeah. 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 And that's yeah. that being that moving into our own body, you know, and like moving into our own senses. Um, yeah. So can I can I share a funny experience? It, it was an odd experience. and I've only ever shared it with one other person. And it was one of those things that happened where you have the experience and you're like, that happened. The only reason I shared it with the other person is because in the city, I was like, and that happened, and I don't think I'm ever going to talk about it again. But for some reason, I'm inspired to talk to you about it today. So, <laughs> but it goes back to this movement, this connection, and you know, it's with the planet and with each other and all that stuff. Um, I went to Sedona. It was the I had. I won't give you all the background story, but the background story is also very interesting. I had a I have a very good friend. She was my best friend as a child. Um, and I broke up with her when we were in our late twenties, didn't speak to her for 20 years. And then one day was inspired to get back in contact with her. And I did, and I asked her forgiveness and things like that. So we hadn't seen each other as adults, adults, and we decided to go and have a weekend together. And we picked Sedona. Neither one of us had ever been there. We heard beautiful things about it. So we said, let's go. So... We went and we had a beautiful time reconnecting and it was just, it's so lovely, you know. And um, I went to, I met these guys in a coffee shop, these older gentlemen were there every morning and they told me about this thing that was going to happen that afternoon at some church, but it wasn't really a church, you know, one of these casual sort of church gatherings and there was this guy who did this thing and I was like, okay, I don't know, whatever. So I went, right? I don't know. I was like, why not, right? That's that's the way I'm living. So I went. So... I can't remember the guy's name, um, but he played, um, you know, some some music, some, what do you call it? Um, it wasn't quite, I wouldn't call it like this, uh, like these alpha waves or anything like that. It was just music. It wasn't, uh, you know, like new agey music. It wasn't anything special or significant, but there were probably 12 or 13 people there. He went around the room to individuals. He says, I don't know what's going to happen. I never know what's going to happen in these things, but you know, we'll see whatever happens, happens kind of a thing. Uh So the deal is he goes around to each individual. And so that he acknowledges them and then they stand up and then he gently touches them and they fall back and his partner catches them and he places them on the ground. So out of 13 people, I was probably like the 10th person that he came to. So I got to see what was going on and it was all very slow. It wasn't, you know, a quick rush thing. And I saw that he was placing them in a, um, in a shape, like in a geometric design, whereby um, their, some of their heads had formed a circle, but he was placing people in specific spots. It's not like wherever they were, that's where they were. He would take them to a spot and put them there. So as he's doing this and the music is playing and these people are lying down, their eyes are closed. Sophia, I shit you not. <laughs> One person's legs would start to move. You would see it move all the way up through that person's head, and then it would come out through the other person's legs. It was crazy. It was awesome. It was beautiful. It was, and they weren't touching each other. They weren't touching. I, so I could see the energy flowing between and amongst these people. I have chills just thinking about it again. So then it was my turn. And so there was, it was so funny, the battle that was going on within, right? The skeptic had definitely showed up, right? <laughs> you know, the belief, the, the structure was, the building was shaken, you know? And <laughs> the cracks were appearing. And so the other voice was getting louder, like, this is all bullshit, you know? 
So, um, but I, you know, he laid me down or whatever, and I had a lovely meditation. It was just a really lovely meditation. I just felt really calm and very peaceful and, you know, very whatever. It was just, it was a lovely meditation. Um, <clears throat> and I could feel my body moving. My body was moving. I wasn't moving it. It was moving. Um, and stretching and doing really bizarre things. And at one point I did a back bend. I did a full, like my body, like my, my midsection pulled up and I did this full back bend. I don't do yoga. <laughs> I'm not a yoga, a yogi, yoga person. But my body needed to be in a back bend at that moment and it did it. Um, and so I don't know what was going on with the other people, what their movements were. I couldn't see them. My eyes were closed and I was just in my own world, but some people were speaking light language and things. Um, and then the session was over and, you know, people chatted about what they experienced and I left and that was that. And I never shared that story. With, I only shared it with one other person. <laughs> Sorry, it went on and on. It's a, it was a long story, but I experienced that connection above and beyond when I do my grounding exercises and I walk on the beach and I walk and did it and all that stuff. I literally felt and saw and witnessed and experienced that movement of the energy through, you know, from one person to another person and, and I'm moving, my whole body is moving as I'm saying it, but yeah, yeah. So it's real to me. It's real to me. You know, is it real? I don't know. It's real to me. <laughs> yeah, it's real to me too. Yeah. Seen it, yeah. been in it, watched yeah. it. It's one of the reasons that I love doing group work is because mm -hmm. the fa I, so I could refer to it a million ways. This web, this lattice, this mm -hmm. fabric yeah, yeah, work, yeah. right, is um, so uh, profoundly impactful and effective at that wall shifting yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you know yeah and it's like yeah. when those walls come down and people see what's possible yeah i think one of the things is um and i think kind of kind of move in this direction what i know is that most of the people that i know when those walls come down and they look around, they see a world in a place where water is clean, mm -hmm. bodies are well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a body and it is healthy and we share yes. it. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. the realness of that, that fabric that we make mm -hmm. up, that fabric and that, and then this like interplay between being the source, mm -hmm. being the like, because there, because there is no, right? Because there is no center, every point is a center. Right, right. And right, so yeah. the like impact and the, the impulse, right? That we receive the impulses, but we send the impulses and, right? Yeah. This like yeah. living conversation that we're having. Yeah. So yeah. I think was, I'm actually gonna, that kind of feels like we're like moving towards, it's my, my closing question is that, okay. is that direction, um, but I have, I have a second to last closing question. And then okay. before we do that, I just want to say, is there anything that you want to like say before I like move us into that? Um, no, like I said, it's the, uh, there is one thing I want to share that's completely unrelated to everything that we talked about, Great. but I'll share it with you. <laughs> I love it. Um, like I said, it's, you know, I, I had shared with you um, yesterday, the day before that I was feeling a bit nervous 
about um, coming on mm -hmm. your show. And a big part of it has to do with just um, not really wanting to speak much <laughs> these days, you know, and um, again, going back to that underlying deep-seated fear of um, my non-existence, um, my being misunderstood, being not heard, you know, am I going to have the right words to say what I'm really meaning? You know? But that aside, um, and this is the very unrelated thing, is that I set a reminder in my phone one week before the moment, and I want to share this because I understand that um, the feminine is a really important, feminine energy and thing is a really important part of the work that you do, and I know that your audience, um, you know, enjoys that and looks to that and is inspired by that. So there's something I wanted to share um, because no one ever shared it with me. So. One week before the full moon, I set a reminder in my phone telling me that the full moon is one week away. And the reason I did this, I started doing this about three years ago. I've been going through menopause for the past 10 years, and I believe I'm towards the end of it. Hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. I, I'm, I'm, I hope to be finished uh, this year, right? Um, it, it'll, it'll be what it is. But I hadn't, I hadn't been getting my period regularly for a number of years. Um, and that was whatever it was. But I was regularly still PMSing. <laughs> so I was getting all of the symptoms, um, but not actually getting my period. And so I didn't know that that's what I was doing. I didn't know that I was experiencing these symptoms related to menses. It just felt like I was crazy <laughs> or hormonal any of these things and then one day a few years ago I said this is cyclical this is definitely cyclical and I started tracking it and sure enough it had all to do with the full moon now which makes perfect sense because we know that you know our cycles are connected to the full moon and da, da, da. but again for me that's proof of what you were just talking about and how we are connected we are water we are all of this and I said that to someone um, some time ago they were saying well do you really believe in astrology I'm like it's not that I believe or don't believe I said but the sea the moon rules the sea and the sea is pretty big so I think it would be ignorant to think that it has no bearing on me whatsoever how it affects me I'm not quite sure but you know you know but anyway so I just wanted to say to any of your listeners who may be experiencing symptoms of menopause and things like that that in the absence of one's you know period you may still have these symptoms and so you know be sure to track them <laughs> so that you know you're still um, mindful of that because like I said nobody warned me I thought my period would go away and then I would be Oh, darling. <laughs> so anyway, no, the I, point is that we're, we're less than a week out from the full moon. So that was the other reason I was like, oh, my God. We're in it. <laughs> we're really in it. Luteal time. Well, I, well, sorry. No, sorry. don't be sorry. I love, I'm so grateful for the, the I'm grateful for the sharing. Oh. So here's my red bracelet that I wear every full, every <gasps> week. Oh, I love that. Women in Mexico wear red around the full moons. It's grounding. So, yeah, so I make sure and I, I have all my bracelets, but this one I specifically put on one mm. week out. Anyway. Right. And then that also serves as a reminder, right? Yes. Like as Absolutely. you see it, like in that, it's like these ways in which we can like be our, like collaborate absolutely. with ourselves, right? Like, so it's well, like that. And it, and absolutely. It brings you back, right? It's a check, right? It's a check. It's instead of the, the brain going, duh, 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 it's like, 
It's all good. It's all good. It's what it is. It's fine. This too shall pass. <laughs> you know, I had this because you said like nobody said this would happen. I was like, I will say this because I thought it earlier while you were talking, you were sharing and you were talking about this deconstruction and you were talking about this role falling away and you were talking about this notion of like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I don't want to express. I just want to be. And I was like, but hark the sounds of menopause. <laughs> was exactly what I was thinking. Um, but I still have my own, you know, uh, confidence in myself growing. So I didn't quite know how to bring that into the conversation without, I don't know, sounding like, well, that sounds, I mean, I could. I really Very just didn't feel like the thing. That sounds super menopausy. Um, yeah. But I, wa I want to say this in like the most, and I mean that in the most respectful, yeah. celebratory, yeah. like, fuck yeah, that is like menopause is this yeah. is the is is a pulse of the fabric it's like the turning of yeah. the time in which it's like it is so fucking appropriate to stop fucking doing sure and being because you have a whole nother life cycle to come and your sure. your expression that's going to come through you the way that the divine is going to ask you to to work and express and be um yeah. when given the opportunity is expanded has an expansion yeah. and so to to drop the roles which are you know uh uh purposeful right yeah mothering yeah. caretaking relating you know like that like to have that to have yeah. this full body to have this years long process of shedding yeah. shedding shedding where where yeah. notions of self become intolerable Yes, 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 <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And it forces you there too, right? Because, you know, again, it's, as long as the walls are fine, everything is status quo, it's fine, but your body is going through these changes and the way that the ways that you identified yourself before it's becoming very apparent that you are no longer that thing you know so you better get it together because so otherwise it's gonna be very painful yeah that's right so even yeah. for those who don't voluntarily shake those walls when this time comes those walls come down or at least yeah. get shaken and and i think a lot oh, of people really suffer in that time because again there's yes. this cultural dominance that says just like a way a lot of people suffer when they menstruate because you're told be the same this four right. days these five days this week you right. are the rest of the time and it's like really because i walk into <laughs> furniture i like eat a full meal and then pass out at two yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. and then i don't yeah. want to eat for three days like that's not me yeah. the rest of the time actually so exactly. like what do you mean right but it's like but it's so i'm asking those questions now after years of tracking all this right it's like i'm asking those questions myself yeah. i'm asking those questions, but yeah. a lot of people aren't and so i talk a lot about menstruation i talk about the moon and i just wanted to take this opportunity to say that to like be another yeah. place of being like let me be another voice like let us be another voice that says the menopausal um time is is not a misstep Right. It's an advancing right. step of oh, the process. Absolutely. 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 I, I, yeah. And that yeah. intolerable I, of self and intolerable of structure yeah. is very yeah. similar, but entirely different from that teenage rebellion oh. that is oh, really yeah. the teenage visionary. 
like we talk about yeah. teenage rebellion and I really do, um, there's a piece of, of, of my sensing that comes through around that that really wants to share about the teenage visionary which is yeah. the menstruate it's the menstruating visionary and it's the menopausal visionary that says this is I'm calling bullshit that's like, right. That's I right. am 98% <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit, exactly. That's right. Like, That's right. That's no, right. Yeah, yeah. One, one value, and it's compost. So it's like, I just wanted to make sure I'm closing in on time in my co-working okay. space here so um okay. so but i think we'll be okay um so that's so thank yeah. you so thank you for saying it and creating an opportunity for me to say but hark the sounds <laughs> of a holy holy menopause truly 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 and that like that energy that edgy energy that's like fucking done like done the done yeah that's different yeah. than like yeah. me like it's like i just turned 35 i'm like i'm sensing i want to it's yeah. like i want to yeah. give the the god it's is right. asking me to like broadcast you know yeah. and it's like yeah. yeah like take away the filters and the message is the same message but our experience of them is different it's like that yeah. that that medicine in it so thank you for yeah. your yeah. and thank you for sharing of the fabric that experience of 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 being that and I think a lot of people have experiences like that and go well that happened and walk away <laughs> it's common and so um you know yeah to just give articulation yeah. and tell those stories the more we tell those stories the more that normalizes the experience of of what that is you're like and some people are talking in light language it's like yeah let's talk about it that happens <laughs> sounds yeah. sounds yeah, come the, out of our yeah. mouth Sensing, yeah, right? Like that's what we're talking about. Speaking from sense, that kind of light language, those sounds and reverberations and expressions. Exactly. And I don't know if I haven't shared it because it was something that was really special and I just didn't feel the need. Like I didn't want to because it was intimate. I, I never thought about it. I never consciously thought about not sharing it. But I suppose it was, it always came back to maybe if I thought about it at all, it was the fear that of being misunderstood, not existing, nobody was going to understand what happened or believe me. Maybe they were going to believe me. Whatever, you know, whatever. Well, and but, there's a preciousness, there's a wisdom too in those subtle, in that fabric space that's so shared. There's also, I think, a collective care that can happen in that, where it's like, yeah. if they're not going to understand it, let them be, you know? And so I think that there's a, there's like, it doesn't surprise me that like you and I get in this and we're like, you're like, I'm going to tell you, Sophia. <laughs> yeah. Because you like, get it. <laughs> yeah. Because when you tell me I, I can, I can participate in that. I can amplify, I can honor, I can, I yeah. can, I can participate in a way that's respectful of that. When we're talking yeah. about such subtle things and not that it has to be, not that we can't, but there's a wisdom to it. There's a real wisdom yeah. to that, to that discerning. Okay. So okay. my second to last closing question is, mm -hmm. are, <laughs> I guess usually I would say, how do you like people to get in touch with you? But I'm going to ask, are you interested in anyone getting in touch with you right now? <laughs> that answer can be no. That can be a no. You know, it's interesting. As I said, that L. Ron Hubbard thing, I may be moving into that. Um, no, they can certainly um, subscribe to my blog at gitscandisyard.com and they can subscribe on there or on Instagram. Um, you know, that's fine. Yeah. So. <laughs> can join me on my re retreat away from things. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
watch the watch the submersion and I imagine remergence that will kind of as cycles through. So beautiful. Yeah. Okay, great. So we'll have the links Candace Yard and uh, on Instagram. What's your Instagram? Can, is it Candace Yard? It's Candace Yard. <laughs> Solid. It's actually Candace. Candace M. Yard. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, what's the point? This is all fake anyway, so why give it another name? Yeah. <laughs> it's all... I'll sing about it. That's my contribution. <laughs> Great. Exactly. Speaking of dreaming and fake and illusion and coming and going, um, when the walls fall down, so the question is, um, right? It's like knowing that we are already currently in a miraculous, perfect, and healed world. Mm-hmm. There's a vision. There's a calling forth that so many of us have sensed, have mm-hmm. seen, have heard, have known, heard tell, been told yeah. um, that's coming to, coming through, coming as us. Yeah. And so my question is to hear what of that world, what of that vision um, has been shown to you that you carry? What do you, what do you know? What are you calling? What do you see? Um, yeah. Um, well, I think, you know, basically all that we spoke about, right, and what I had written, you know, the, the, the 10 tiny gifts, I thought that was my offering to the world. I thought that um, I had received these gifts and had understood that in practicing them um, for myself, you know, sort of that self-love, that self-compassion, I had more of that to give for other people. And I thought that that's um, <laughs> what it was. Um and now, as I said, um, you know, going back to the, the acceptance is, is just it, is um, being acceptance, being that vacuum, you know, being that vacuum of quote unquote love, um, you know, understanding, seeing, checking these insecurities and letting them float on through. Um, and you know, whereas at one point I thought it was about sharing that process, and I do, I do still have that part of me that says you need to share this information, and I think I will share that information. But I think <clears throat> I've come to understand or accept or believe that the best way to share that information is to be that information. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) embodiment yeah yeah yep that's it that's the i think that's the only way i think that's the only way so when and when we do that when you do that when i do that when you (laughs) do that dear listener as we do that do you see have you seen can you name what does the world look like? How does it? What does it smell like? What does it? What does it it's, do? It's, it's as you said. It's alive. It's you know um, something that we talked about. It, it's okay. Sorry. It's get it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One thought at a time. <laughs> 
Sorry. Never. <laughs> okay. So that, um, you know, that breaking down the walls that we talked about. And so for me, it's, you know, abandoning all these beliefs and being able to be present, to experience, to be the being, right? Um, and fostering that, making that happen. We, can, we talked about being able to make that happen by having new experiences. You know, when something new or unusual happens, we, um, these walls sort of break down, right? And what I've come to understand, so it, many of us have that experience, but we don't know that's what we're having. And I equate it to the idea of, um, like when people hear tragic news, like 9-11 or JFK, they used to say when JFK died, everyone can tell you exactly what they were doing. And it's because for one moment in time, all of the thoughts and everything fall away. So shock has a way of putting us into the present moment. We have that experiential experience and we take everything in around us. And that, and so that's solidified in there, that stays in this, it, within us. We have integrated that. It's exactly what you were talking about, how you absorb people, <laughs> you know, because you are fully present. Yeah, basically you absorb it. It doesn't go anywhere. It's never going to go anywhere. You know, once we experience something, it, it, it becomes a part of that fabric, you know. So, yes, we do have to be very careful of what we are being present to. Quantum now, entanglement. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so the, the other time that that happens, that most people can identify that it happened was when they say, I fell in love at first sight, or I had this immediate connection. I felt this instant or ancient connection. And I look at it a slightly different way. I don't, for me, I, it's not that I think that, you know, there was this love at first sight across the room necessarily, or that this uh, connection was immediate and instant because of the two individuals. I kind of look at it and say, because when, when I am an experiential being, when I am just being, and I am that embodiment of love and presence and being, everything that I come in contact with is love and is that connection. And so I'm in love all the time, <laughs> you know what I mean? So in love. I'm, so that's what it feels like to me. I'm sorry, that was a really long-winded way to get there, but I didn't know how else to, <laughs> to you know, I could have said, oh, it's all love, it's great. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, that's why I feel like when I am present and when I'm experiencing it, I'm tapped into that underlying, you know, when I'm in that vacuum, I'm tapped into that love of all living beings. So, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. What I hear in that is that, that, I mean, you just, yeah, it made sense. You're tapped okay. into the, the underlying fabric of universal love. Yeah. And what, yeah, and what I hear in that and what I see in that and invite of that is like the, 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 the presence and shared experience of that, right? Yeah, so it's all beautiful and it's all perfect. It is, I mean, it is, it just is, you know, it's like, oh, that's what's happening, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. And I love Asia for that. I really love um, Asia for um, throwing things in your path. <laughs> But you just have to say, oh, okay, 
I didn't anticipate that snake going there, but hmm, there it is. Or that rooster running across the road or, you know, the buffalo in the sea taking a swim, you know, any of that. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, the dogs in Bali, they will like reset up. I mean, they just sleep in the road. They're, yeah, here, here too. They just are passed out. And yeah. I'm like, oh, no, you're right. We'll move. That is, that's, that's right. The car, the scooter, we'll all move sleeping. And I, love and I love it. Isn't that a beautiful, it's such a beautiful indication of the culture of these countries, right? That they see those animals, you know, they see them. They're, they're open to, you know what I mean? And they don't, you know, they don't, they don't run them over. <laughs> they, they are looking for them. They're in the present moment, you know, they're here. Yeah, I could go on and on. There's a whole other podcast about um, my learnings here in Asia and how much I've grown. I've come to um, understand about my own conditioning um, through the the culture in some of these Asian countries. Just really beautiful. Yeah. So that's a whole other conversation. (laughs) Candice. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for coming out of your, your sacred holy... Uh, withdrawal and cave oh. and digestion and um, internal shedding time. It's a real gift to be with you in that and to be reminded of the wellness of that, to be in that. Um, so thank you and thank I love you. I love you too. Um, and then I want to ask you a question. When you- okay, great. Thank, so, you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Um, I really appreciate it. I really, really uh, appreciate it um, on um, a number of levels, on a number of levels. Thank you. (laughs) Welcome, welcome. Oh, dear sweet listener, I'm just wishing you breath right now, just like deep, full belly breath as we're in this like peaking time, wherever you are wherever hemisphere you're in, it's a solstice time. It's a peaking time. And so we're um, kind of coming through that time. And there's an integration, a turning, like turned and crossed that threshold. And so there's an integration as we're moving into the second half of the year. Rhythmic, rhythmic, rhythmic. So blessings and love and gratitude. And uh, you can always join my newsletter. Candace spoke so beautifully at the beginning about this. You're welcome to come join my newsletter at my website, sophiawiseone.com. And follow me on Instagram. And, uh, and I'd love to hear from you. So reach out any which way you feel called. All right? Be well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it. And share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wiseone, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. 
you think this podcast is the bee's news and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Y'all know you need to hear that though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Y'all, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.